Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health. Find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and I'm one of your hosts. Today I'm joined by, as always, by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, guys? So far, so good. Yes, yes, you, you, are a little hoarse there, Alberto. How about you? What's going on? Oh, we're doing good. Uh, we had a, a couple of days of just what I will consider a miserable weather for Texas, which really yeah. isn't that bad for most of the people. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. The, the sun decided to pop out today, which always makes my job a little easier. So I got no complaints with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, same thing here. The, the 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 worst part about it is that Lake Ducket forms in my backyard. And my dogs go romping through it and tracking mud everywhere as best as they're able to. Um, but that's why we have a couch cover and um, stained concrete because it's easy to clean. So <laughs> that's um, yeah. So what's what's new in your world, Jim? Um, well, I have, uh, been doing some more job training, which has involved commuting and sitting in front of a computer all day. So, um, a little bit off my game for the last week or so. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, you just keep on grooving kind of thing. So if that's the worst thing, it's not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not too terrible. Alberto, what's, what's, New in your world, we're we're expecting something soon. I'm hoping I, we haven't talked mm-hmm. today. I'm, I'm hoping that that we were able to uh, figure out a, a way to retrieve that something. Working on it. We're gonna, we're having a adulting <laughs> scheduling issues with kids basketball games and this kid doing that and this kid doing the other. So we're we're still working on it. Okay, They're, everything's ready to rock. We're just not quite there yet. It yeah. sounds sounds like something that would be uh, incredibly easy, but it's just we just keep missing each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all good. And for those listening, the answer to that is, or the, the the what we're talking about is the shirts. The shirts are printed, they're ready, and as it stands right now, we're just waiting to actually pick them up from the uh, uh, from Anthony who did the printing. So with with that being said, t-shirts by the time this airs should be at least in the mail uh, because I have all the labels here and uh, and all of that. So that's going to be. Could be good stuff uh, for sure. Um, they look awesome from the photos I have seen. Yes. So I'm very anxious yes. to see the the in real, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell. Was it almost a metallic gray, um, or was it just gray? You can't. You really can't tell from the picture. Once we get our hands on it, you'll be able to tell. But I mean, yeah. if there, if, all the, the way I'm gauging it is, I, I bought three of his shirts, of his Crooked Kings clothing shirts. Mm-hmm. I bought three of his shirts. Uh, two of them I bought on purpose just to check the quality. The last one I just really liked, so I bought that one. And I, I, honestly, all three of them, I'm very impressed with the quality. Very impressed with the quality of the shirt itself. Very impressed with the quality of the of the, the screening on there. So I, I I really don't expect anything different once we pick yeah. up ours. We just got to figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, absolutely. Well, we will do that. And, uh, and as long as there's no sequining on them, I'm in good shape. Yeah, that's all I have. Uh, I'll put my bedazzler away. <laughs> <laughs> no wait, you have the shirts in Texas. If my shirt coming to Indiana has any bedazzler <laughs> on it, <laughs> uh, 
You know what? And now that I'm saying all of this, I should never have said anything to start. <laughs> <laughs> so you, don't forget, I, I have uh, I have two daughters, so the, the arts yeah. and crafts supplies in this house are a plenty. It, it would it would be really easy to get some fabric glue and a little bit of. Uh, yeah, my and that comes, you know, I only know that because my mom is like the queen of all like she she could she could be Martha Stewart. So, you know, as far as crafting goes. So, um, well, Berto, your daughters are welcome to decorate my the envelope and everything all on the outside, all that they want. Just don't touch <laughs> the shirt. I'll compromise and give you that. I much. will let them know you, you might get surprised with a with a, a individual <laughs> drawing just made just for you because those kids like to draw. <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. Totally perfect. Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into shout outs real quick and, and all of that. Jim, how about we start with you? So I am, I'm pulling it back up because I was looking, I, I lost my, uh, I lost my page here on, on Facebook. This gentleman just joined our group literally today. I think um, this post is eight minutes old. So George is getting the shout out because um, he, he literally new member, eight minutes, shared his first post. 41 years old, flooring installer, um, April of 2019, he went to the doctor. He was diabetic with liver problems, high blood pressure, and 404 pounds. Uh, he, he writes, against my doc orders, I started keto because she wanted him to have gastric bypass surgery. Um, he, he wrote, quote, I figured failure like usual. In a week, I went back and he had dropped down to 383 so a little over 20 pounds, continued for three more months, no more diabetes medicine, blood pressure was normal, and he has dropped um, 164 pounds. He's down around 240 now, and he, uh, he wrote in the uh, group that he's been in groups before and gets tired of seeing pea sticks and fem- feminine discussion. I'll just abbreviate his uh, <laughs> comments. So. Um, could, <laughs> uh, for the ladies who might be listening, including Berto's mom. So um, oh, she's kudos listening. to uh, George on his uh, 200 and, or excuse me, 164 pounds loss and uh, looks awesome in the side-by-side picks. So yep. great job. Absolutely. And his results will be much, much better in the long run from anything that he could have gotten from the gastric bypass. That's a Band-Aid on a, on a wound in uh, terms of obesity and, and all of that. It doesn't fix the behavior that caused it. Yeah, what's, what sides are behavior-driven, of course, um, at all, in my personal opinion. So, Alberto, who, who is your shout-out for the week? Mine's going to be an oldie but goodie. <laughs> he's probably not going to be happy that I said that. <laughs> but uh, good old uh, John Oaks. You know, he, he's uh, the guy hasn't stopped hustling. You haven't heard from him a whole lot lately. You know, he still pops in now and then. Uh, I get text messages from him um, almost every morning. And he, he's still out there working out, doing his thing, getting his grind down, working harder. You know, he just posted a picture uh, just over the weekend of, uh, of a, a, a picture it was of him with a couple different bands and that he actually noticed the difference in how he looked. And there was a, a remarkable difference. And, and yep. you know, that guy works unbelievably hard and and has a goal in mind and he's not going to stop until he reaches it so you know well and once he, again shout out to john yeah absolutely and he's an excellent example of somebody who's been working his butt off but not necessarily losing a ton of weight but you can see visually a body composition change in what he's doing and so uh a a cautionary tale and encouraging moment to say hey guys that your weight hasn't changed a lot how's the waistline how's the shirt fit How's the pants that are falling off? Um, those are those are better measures sometimes than just looking at the numbers on the scale. Um, so that's an excellent reminder. 
Um, I am going to shout out uh, Nicholas Walls. He posted a picture uh, yesterday, and uh, he is 160 pounds down, and he says about 40 to go, and he's looking good. Uh, so shout out him. Good job for him for him doing what he's doing. Um, he started at 417, and he's aiming for about 220, according to this. So he's going to get there in no time, I'm sure. Um, so. Congratulations to all of them. So let let's talk about something here real quick because um, we're, we're we see a lot of folks, and I personally am one of them uh, that uh, get to a point in their their weight loss side of things that they kind of get stagnant. Uh, for me, I I after regaining a little bit, I landed at about two thirty. Now I'm a very healthy two thirty for my height. That it, it it works pretty well. Um, and so, and I've, I, I say, say this and have said this, uh, without issue, um, quite a few times that I would, I am, and would continue to be perfectly happy to be two thirty for the, you know, for the rest of, of my, my life, just because I, I feel like that's a, a good weight for me as far as weight goes. But, uh, I wouldn't mind getting down to about the 200 because I, I'm healthy now. But let's change the body composition a little bit. Let's uh, see what we can get as far as muscles go, things like that. Um, so let, let's go around the horn for um, – you can call it stall. You can call it you know ways of, of finding the next lever. Um, wh- let, let's start with Jim, and, and then I'll give some of my thoughts, and then we can get Alberto's thoughts too. Um, so Jim, what, what would you say your, your top hints and trips that you've uh, seen and heard would be for this type for, if we are in our, and I apologize because I may have cut out for our individual stalls or for anybody going through a stall, uh, for anyone going through a stall that, uh, you know, the, the things that, um, that they could do to help break that down. Okay. Just double checking. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the first things would be to, is to take the step back and get the, um, high level view of what you're doing um, in terms of what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, what you're drinking, how much water you're drinking, um, your exercise content, all of those basic things that, um, you know, if you start out on this way of eating and you measure out portions and everything, and then after a month or so, you kind of get into the eyeballing and thinking, okay, well, this is where it is. And then, you know, if you start stalling, well, maybe your eyeball has, your prescription has changed and you may not be doing exactly what you thought you were doing before or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of that, the first thing would be that high level um, overview of what you've been doing. And I think, um, and I apologize, I wish I could pull his name out of the top of my head here. We had a guest on a while back that was talking about how he and his wife would look at um, the food health and whatnot of people. And they also look though at like prescriptions that they were taking and medicines that they were taking because some of those can be counteractive to losing weight and whatnot. So really putting it all on paper and doing that review, I think is a great starting point um, to kind of rebalance, re re-examine. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's a, a the thing that I've been hesitant to do just because I've been lazy uh, in my own uh, stall is really tracking what I'm putting into my system uh, for a conservative amount of time um, so that I can 
do so that I can take stock um, calorically? Am I underfeeding myself? Actually, I've been feeling like I've been underfeeding myself, not overfeeding myself lately, um, potentially. Uh, am I getting enough protein? Am I getting too little? Am I getting too much? Um, and what am, am I possibly eating too much nut butter and then skyrocketing my carbs, things like that. So tracking is absolutely something that I need to, to do. And I just need to not be um, lazy in that regard. I've done it before. I need to do it again. Um, I think that that's a, a good uh, thing. Let's see. Another thing that I've uh, seen in some cases, and I think Berto would agree with this, is that Sometimes we actually need to decrease our activity level, not because we should do less, but sometimes we're overtaxing our system um, and it goes into uh, akin to, but probably not exactly adrenal fatigue. Uh, basically, just uh, our whole system ends up getting overdriven because we're in the gym too much or we're uh, working too many hours or just up too many times or drinking too much caffeine. Um probably one for me, um, that, uh, you know, our body's so stimulated, it doesn't get to really get into the restorative, uh, processes and drain away the, the things that it no longer needs. And so that would be my tip. Alberto, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, this can go in so many directions. Um, uh, just, just to start off piggybacking off what you're, uh, you guys were saying about tracking everything. Uh, the, the, there's a the up and downside to tracking. Uh, downside is it, it is kind of a pain, you know, because if, especially if you start making recipes and you got to start tracking your recipes and entering recipes and entering serving sizes and all that. But the beauty to that is if you commit yourself to it, it really makes you think if what you're about to cook is worth the effort. Mm -hmm. And it, it, if, if what, if what you're about to eat is not worth the effort of putting an entire meal an entire recipe into your whatever you're using for tracking then you probably don't really need it you know you can always default to steak and egg and you know steak and eggs are easy to track uh ground beef and eggs are easy to track so I, like i always like to say is the juice worth the squeeze yeah you can make this giant elaborate recipe that's going to be delicious but if you can't track it you know it's like how bad do you really want it do you want it bad enough to put that effort in and then on top of that um i think everybody at, at any point in time should absolutely figure out what their maintenance level calories are. Even if it's just a caloric number, you know, eat and then keep eating and then bump that number up little by little by little until you actually start to gain weight. And then when you start to gain weight and you know you're, you're probably just above your maintenance level and you dial it back a little bit and then you just got to try to ride it out for a few weeks, an extended amount of time and, and see if your weight doesn't change for a few weeks. And if your weight doesn't change for a few weeks, then then you know what your personal maintenance calorie level is and you can make a very, very educated decision on what you want to do from that point forward. Very cool. And then you you had uh, something that you mentioned to me while we were kind of off air there for a second. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Holy Trinity. And, when the, and we, all, we all have our struggles with this one. We all talk about time. It's uh, nutrition. Keto, for the most part, will take care of that. Uh, training and recovery, which is sleep. Yeah. Uh, sleep doesn't cost a thing. Just time, but for some reason, myself included, and no one can ever get enough of it. The best thing you could do for yourself, regardless of whether you're trying to bulk, whether you're trying to lean out, the best thing you could possibly do for yourself is the easiest thing in the world to do that nobody does enough of, and that's just get enough sleep. Yeah, I am a chronic undersleeper, and so that absolutely is probably a uh, a factor for me and for my my inability to kind of break through this. I had um, a, a rare for me like ten or eleven hour sleep period where I slept in really, really long and, um, ended up 
uh, getting on the scale just out of curiosity. And sure enough, I was three pounds lighter that day than I was the other day, or, you know, the previous day or two. Um, you know, and so these little, little things make, uh, big changes. Now I've gotten back up that three pounds. So it's not like a three, three pounds of true loss, but it, it, it shows that that, that sleep was absolutely a factor, um, and can be a factor and all that. So, okay. Well, that's enough of our banter, uh, and all of that. We do have a guest that we want to get into. Um, John Lasco has joined us and we are so excited to have him on and get to, to talk with him. He, um, so John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I just, but before we get into everything, I just want to thank all of you for having me on. I really love the group a lot. Uh, it's just like, so, so completely like impressive to me that you have a, a social media that you have something out there for, for keto guys that it allows them to be like, um, sort of like a little bit vulnerable, I guess, and be able to share like so many personal stories that are going to help each other. And so I know it's, it's certainly like helped me a lot and I'm, I'm very appreciative of its existence. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about John, what, what, um, what's life like you, uh, what, what, you know, what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis? What's uh, the family look like now? Uh, things like that. Oh, well, I, it, it was, it was funny just, we had, I, some of us had, had kind of talked before I joke around a little bit about, um, being like a, a homemaker or I joke with my wife and say that I'm like the, the, the trophy husband or the, the man candy around here, just, just sort of like post, <laughs> post, post weight loss. Right. Um, but, but, but ultimately that like day to day I do, I, I guess, as far as professionally, I would do, I guess I'd say I do two things. I, I have a, a food blog, a low carb food blog that I started about two, three years ago, that was just one of these things that, um, in, in the process of, of me losing about a hundred pounds. Um, and, and I did it through, uh, there was a, a clinic. Um, I didn't really particularly like their, their recipe book. And so I set out to just make things that I, I personally would want to eat. And so I just basically started to take these things and, and put them online and just created a blog out of it. And that's something that I've, I've been able to do sort of like on a, on a hobby basis off and on, depending upon like what's going on at home. Um, and besides that, I, I'm definitely like, for lack of a better term, like I'm, I'm the chief homemaker here. I'm like in my money that, that we can all survive on that. And we like to handle a lot of things ourselves. Like with the boys, we homeschool, um, don't really eat out at restaurants a whole lot. Like everything is home cooked. Um, I'm the primary caretaker for them for you know most of the time. And so that's, they're really like very much my life and what I spend most of my time on besides, you know, the, the blog when I have time for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's get started into your health journey. What, um, let's talk pre-keto growing up. Um, what was, what was health like to you? Were you active and, uh, and kind of lead us up into, but not necessarily in, uh, not into exactly, uh, keto. Sure. As, as, uh, as a kid, I guess I would say, like, I, I joke and say that I had a lot of like mac and cheese and hot dogs as a kid. Uh, parents are great parents. My mom, dad, great. But just like the food was just like not necessarily something that was really like focused on or, or that was, was a strength. I think it was like very much like a, a, a different time. And so, um, you know, we, I, I was always like fairly, a fairly skinny kid and fairly lankies. I was definitely not somebody where there was, there was any kind of like a, a weight problem to speak of. Uh, I was a competitive swimmer from about the age of like eight or nine. Um, swam for YMCA in high school and then swam in college as well. Um, pretty, pretty like skinny throughout. 
um, maybe skinny to a point that like, I'm, I'm definitely somebody that falls into the category of being like a hard gainer, um, as far as like muscle mass goes. And so it's sort of leading up to when, like how I got hooked up with keto, I, I was still in college and I was a collegiate summer. So like training volumes through the roof and, and I had a, uh, a checkup with my physician. I think it was like before my junior year and my blood pressure was high. And he said something that like very much got my attention. He said, the minute you stop swimming, you're going to be in here and you're going to be on blood pressure medication. And it's like, this is literally the only thing that's like keeping your blood pressure down. Um, and I was, I didn't think a lot about it at the time. And, but that's sure enough what happened. It wasn't immediately after I was done swimming, but it was pretty, pretty soon thereafter. Um, I immediately started to gain weight, like a lot of weight. Um, very quickly, 21, 22 was put on blood pressure medication, uh, and basically told, you know, don't bother trying to get off. You're going to be taking this for life. This is just how you are. There's not nothing that you can do. And, and so that's, that's basically what I had resigned myself to. And I just want to clarify, did you just say that you were 22 years old? Yeah, definitely. It was, it was quite high. I, it was, it was like, it was high enough that it was like 160 over hundred when I went to the office and, and took it. Um, and they basically didn't want me to leave the office without like giving me a script and getting me to fill it on the way home. So like quite, quite depressing. I mean, that's not, that's not really something that age 22 or 23, where you're, you feel like this is something that people happen to them when they're 40 or they're 50. Like I'm 22, 23 years old and I'm, I'm already taking this stuff. And I took it for a long time. Um, and probably the worst thing that happened is, is, is what the doctor had said to me, which basically like absolutely like nixed any drive to, to pursue a solution outside of like, you know, pharmacological means of, of, of dealing with blood pressure. So that's, that's probably not what I needed to hear at the time. Uh, so, you know, over, I was coaching swimming at the time, still trying to swim myself, like on and on and off dealing with life, being a 20 something guy. Um, progressively like gain weight, like not dramatically all at once, but, you know, running into the same problems, I guess, fundamentally that, that everybody, you know, a lot of us ourselves and people we know have run into, like I'm eating the things that are supposed to be healthy um, and are supposed to be good for me. And I, I can't stop weight from going on. And I used to be like a very active person and, and kind of what is happening to me. Um, and so that, so, you know, I moved to Arizona and I get more heavily involved with, with like master swimming, which I still do to this day. Um, I'm like, okay, well, this is great. Now I'm living somewhere where like, it's very easy for me to work out. Um, I can make room for it. There's a lot of pool availability. Like I'm really going to be serious and I'm going to gonna get really fit and I'm going to take this weight off. And uh, I, I definitely got fit and I was, I was able to, to swim a lot and it was in great like aerobic shape. Uh, but the weight just wouldn't come off. And I tried everything. I tried, you know, dabble with like vegetarian and vegan, you dabble with gluten-free, you are really restrictive with calories, you work out like a fiend. Like there was it, at one point, the, the club that I swam for at the time, uh, they offered three workouts a day, which was great. So it'd be morning, afternoon, and evening. And there was, there was a point where I would swim all three of these workouts and it would total at different points of the year upwards of, you know, 17, 18,000 meters a day. So you're literally swimming like 17, 18 kilometers a day. And, and the weight just barely would trickle off. Uh, and so it's just very frustrating. You're like, I, I felt like I had really done everything and I, I didn't really quite know what else to do. Uh, and so I got very shortly thereafter, um, you know, unfortunately, both my parents became ill and had issues with 
you know, heart and vascular disease. And they were back in Pittsburgh where I grew up at. And we had, we had moved them out here to be by me. Uh, my brother had a young baby at home at the time and my parents wanted to live somewhere that was warm. So it just made more sense to, to make that move when it was still possible to. Um, and it was, it was, it was very distressing to see, I guess what I would call like the worst possible consequences happening in front of me of my current trajectory as far as health and, and my trajectory, despite like my best efforts. I mean, this is not a case where, you know, I'm a couch potato. I'm just eating anything I want. I was like aggressively trying to like figure something out and nothing worked. Uh, and so I, I basically got to a point that um, within about a year, I lost both my parents, uh, my dad sudden, very suddenly. And then, and then my mom, which is maybe a little bit more expected based upon like sort of her prevailing health at the time, um, and then became a father three months after that. So you have a lot of this like very traumatic personal experiences, um, the trauma of losing my, both my parents, sort of the distress of them not getting to see my first son. Uh, and the just like the moment where you're like, now I have this person who depends upon me and to no small degree as a parent, you know, your health is very much your family's health and your kid's health because it's your energy that drives everything and your well-being that drives everything in, in your household. And I remember it was one of these like middle of the night labors and births. It was like three in the morning, I think, when, when Finn was born. And I was laying on like the, the sort of pull-out cot that they had in the room, just exhausted. And, and all I could think about was this is day one. Like, this is literally the easiest this is ever going to be. And I'm in no kind of shape to, to deal with this and to be a dad. And so I have to just anything that I have to try, whether it is surgery, whether it's medical in some way, like I, I just have to resume this fight and, and find a way to kind of get back to some like reasonable fitness and, and energy level. And so uh, at the time, I had I talked to my doctor a little bit and I had some friends who uh, had been through uh, a, a clinic here that was, is a low carb clinic, a low carb clinic. Although I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Um, who had a lot of success, and it's, it's basically run by a retired interventional cardiologist in the area. Um, and it's like sort of no BS, like it's no no shots, like no pills. It's like straight, it's straight low carb, and they you're in there you know, every week and sometimes more, they do uh, a number of tests and lipid panel and EKG on inbound and they repeat those at six weeks. Uh, and uh, they have a great reputation and they have such a great reputation that insurance actually pays for it here, which is quite impressive. Uh, and so that's what I ended up giving a try to. Uh, and and I, I try that and was drawn to it because of all the things that I had tried over the past, call it like a, like a decade, the things that worked were, you know, the first parts of an Atkins diet, the first parts of a South Beach diet. I was like, well, this like makes a lot of sense to me because this is basically Atkins phase one for forever. Like this is the only thing I've really and truly like lost weight on. Uh, and so, you know, sort of long story short, I went in there and um, was not really on any exercise plan at all at the time. We had a newborn baby and I was down 60 pounds in the first four months of that on like no workout at all. Just basically like being dead, um, was off of blood pressure medication and about that same time frame, like totally off, uh, which was, it was very helpful to, to do it through there because they were, you know, having medical oversight of, of doing keto or doing sort of pre the pre keto revolution. It was, I guess I would call it more low carb, but having medical oversight and backing you out of medication. Cause when you're on 
blood pressure medication for well, was about a decade at that point. Your body kind of gets lazy on the inside. And so it, it can be difficult to wean you off of these things when your body is so used to taking them every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the point of like, you know, I would have low blood pressure moments where I would almost pass out. Uh, so it's definitely like very arduous and, and going through that. Um, very appreciative of having them being there to help me. Um, and eventually I was like discharged from all that. Uh, continued to lose weight, ended up about down about 100 pounds, um, was 174, 175 at my leanest. But like, as a lot of people who lose a lot of weight find out, you don't, you don't have as much muscle as you thought you did. Uh, and so uh, from that point, you know, it just became a, a battle to, to try to reclaim my fitness and to get back in the water and to try to uh, you know, regain the muscle that I guess I had once and that I thought I still had, but I didn't have at that period of time. And what did you say? Uh, how heavy did you get at your heaviest? Yeah, two eighty, two eighty-five. Oh wow, that's a that's a heck of a swing. <laughs> it's a huge. It was a huge swing. It was. It's it's interesting when you lose that much weight quickly. How how people treat you. Um, and I think some of it is. I mean, perhaps there's there's jealousy amongst people, but I think like it's so jarring to a lot of folks to to see somebody that they haven't seen in really maybe like six months, eight months, that it like literally is a whole person lighter. I mean you I, I actually had um a remark made to me by a fellow that I, I swam with on my old club team that he literally told me flat out that I look like a concentration camp victim. And it's just like really like truly shocking. And and I just think he must have just blurted it out. And I don't I don't fault him for it because I was incredibly lean. Like I'm I'm six three. So 174 pounds and change at six foot three, that's really thin. But but I was just that thin because my body fat had gone that low and there was just there was just really like no muscle to speak of under it and it all had to be rebuilt. Yeah, so keep going with this uh, this whole swimming thing we're on because uh, you and I have a, have a little 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 history together, and uh, you know yeah. you were and and when and in previous podcasts when I referred to uh, we we have a world class athlete. This is exactly who I was referring to. This guy posts his workouts and they are absolutely insane. I mean, to him, it's just a workout, but like you swim miles every single day, mm-hmm. and you are ripping through PRs that you had years ago, like. And you're only getting faster and faster and faster. So uh, what did we adjust and what did we change that, that had made the big difference for you thus far? Well, well, my, my first round of big drops basically came like, you know, pre boot camp when, when I had lost all that weight. Cause I, I guess like oddly enough, it makes you faster when you're a hundred pounds lighter. Um, so that was <laughs> kind of nice to get, get that whole round, but I was still, it, it still, I guess is, is impressive just in the sense that um, I was 10 years older. And, and setting PRs from obviously when I was heavier, but you know, the years between 30 and 40, like you definitely start to, to slow down and, and feel your age a little bit when it comes to like really stressful physical activity, like competitive swimming would be. Um, and so beyond that, I, I guess like I got to a period where um, I was still progressing and that kind of had stalled a little bit, but I was having a lot of trouble with, um, I guess, just my energy level. Because I didn't really like change my macros a whole lot from what got me all the way down to, you know, 174 pounds. It was still, you know, anywhere from between like 1,700 and, and 2,000 calories a day, which worked great for me for a long time. But I just was very sleepy, was very like low energy at meets. I just felt like I didn't have a lot of get up and go. 
in, in general. Um, I, I would be better during workouts, I guess, than, than I would be during meets. And so I just wasn't really quite sure what the problem was. I tried reduction of like my caffeine intake. I tried um, playing around with like the small carbs over periods of time and, you know, the, the Smarties candies and the dextrose just in like small amounts, just anything to kind of shake this tired feeling that I had all the time. And it's, it's so funny. I, my, my wife gets tired of me talking about this now because I just think it's so funny. I don't, I don't want to like paraphrase what you said, but essentially we, we were having a conversation over, over Facebook and, and what you said was such an amazing, simple insight, cause, but it was right on. And you said, you know what? I just flat out don't think you're eating enough. And, and it's just really that simple. Like you're, you're burning through an amount of energy that like way, 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 way outstrips. Um, what you're taking in. And, and to be sure, like, you know, your, your, your body is going to learn to mobilize fat reserves. And I still had some of those certainly, and that will backstop some of that. But it was, I was just in like such a monstrous calorie deficit every single day of my life that it just, it, it, at some point you just can't be mentally tough enough to overcome that. Um, and so the thing that was done is, is we bounced my calories up by about maybe like six to 800 calories and immediately felt better. And, and started to adjusted to the greater amount of fat, certainly. And that was, that was tough for a couple of days, started to set PRs, but, and wasn't really losing weight, but was visibly leaning out. Uh, and so basically kept going with that. And, and there've been a few, a few periods since then where we've raised it. And so now I think I'm up to about 3,300 um, over the past couple of days have definitely still, I'm still visibly leaner. Um, weight is starting to trickle off a little bit, but I'm just like, like crushing PRs and in practice, like I haven't really in a long time to the point. And, and even beyond just the fact that I'm crushing PRs, like I've had some like nagging injuries for a really long period of time. I tore my rotator cuff a few years ago and it just never wasn't really a candidate for surgery, but it's just never really healed right. And it's never really healed right to the point that like swimming freestyle would be rough. I just would not have the kind of shoulder stability I would, I would need to, to move it at race speed and not have it be painful. Um, and all of that has started to go away. It's, it's, it's been really amazing. I mean, I, we joke around and we call it like the reverse game changer effect where, you know, all these guys that go vegan and then they magically get injured. Like when I raised my calories, like hugely, and, and I'm still very likely in a thousand to 1500 calorie deficit daily still. Um, but everything started to heal. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, I can swim freestyle and I can swim a ways and I'm not in pain. I don't have like ice on my shoulder at home. Um, and so that's just, that's kind of been every day. I try to do like a little bit more and do it a little faster. I track everything like very meticulously. Um, everything that I do is done like at race speed. That's just the training regime that I follow. Um, so there's definitely a lot of stress to joints. Uh, and it's, I'm just going to keep going. I mean, I just got a Fitbit. And so just to kind of get a gauge of like truly what my, my TDE is. Um, and I'm still probably like under eating by at least like a thousand calories. So there's, that's encouraging to me. I mean, that tells me that I have a lot of room left to grow and left to, to ride this out of having this mentality of I basically burned off everything that I need to burn off. And I've, I've been, but from where I'm at right now, I'm not going to be able to essentially starve myself into high performance and into rebuilding the muscle that I lost and into better health. John, you talked. You've talked a lot about the physical side of things. Talk to us about the uh, the mental benefits that you found of being on keto. Oh, I mean, for for sure. Like, I've definitely experienced the the mental clarity that that comes with that, and I, and I think not only just the mental clarity, but just 
um, having like sort of boundless energy all the time. I just, I guess I just feel like um, I'm somebody who uh, would definitely get hangry a lot, you know, where you just like, you're moody. I haven't eaten enough. To me, the main benefit is that that's just, that's just went away. Um, so you're just, you know, not crabby at, at times because you've had any, hadn't eaten or you hadn't had enough carbs. It's just very mellow, very even keel all the time. What about um, you? You mentioned your your friend or colleague, whatever it was that uh, that comment about how skinny you had gotten. Were other people recognizing this change in you, and were they seeing physical and personal emotional changes as well, or was it uh, pretty much just a "wow, you shrunk" kind of thing? Largely, people were very encouraging, um, and, and I guess I'm like very I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, wife, very, very supportive, like just wants to, to see me healthy and happy. Um, you know, people who are like, were like other swim team teammates, very, very excited. It was just kind of like this one person. And, um, and again, like, I, I don't mean to bring that up. Like I'm, you know, I'm complaining or that somebody was, was mean to me. I, I think a lot of times this is one of these things where, um, you know, when people, people come at you, sometimes they're always going to come at you with something that's, this may be mean, but it's the truth you know, heard it described as like getting whacked in the head with like a nugget of gold. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I look back at pictures of me now and I'm like, that was maybe like impolitic to, to put it that way. But I, I definitely was like very, very like scary lean, um, not intentionally. And it certainly was way healthier than 285 pounds. Um, but, you know, I, I guess fair point taken. And, and some of that has been the, you know, the striving factor of like, okay, now I need to, I need to put on muscle. Um, and, and kind of like go from there. So no, nobody else, you know, I wouldn't say I like got taken down by anybody else or names or anything like that. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about your, your family, your immediate family, uh, more, more actively. Um, you, you say that, that most everybody's been supportive. Um, has your family taken on keto as well, or, or what that, what does that look like for you guys? Um, sort of, um, I mean, what I'm, like the primary caretaker around here. I'm I'm the one that, that cooks all the meals, and and that's probably, as my wife would tell you, a good thing. Um, she's been either pregnant or breastfeeding for like a lot of that period of time, and so um, she, I would say, has eaten cleaner and maybe eat something that is like looks a little bit more like a like a paleo kind of diet. So like the junk food is is not around. Probably eats less fruit. Um, but, but what I eat is very much the backbone of what everybody else eats. Very meat heavy. Um, I have, you know, like carbs for the boys. They're very tall, very lean, um, really like they're nowhere near a metabolic, metabolic issue like I have. And so I don't really see any great need to, to restrict them unnecessarily. Um, and, and in fact, like my, my eldest was, was when he was an infant, we actually had quite a lot of trouble just getting weight on him, period. Um, to the point that you know, he was breastfeeding and we were supplementing with formula and that the formula was being mixed to like, um, like a thicker consistency to kind of get more calories into him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's really somebody that only truly started to gain weight really well uh, once he was weaned and he got on real food. Um, and he's still to this day, like very, very tall. Like he's four years old. He's 45 inches tall. So he's quite a tall kid, mm-hmm. but, but very lean as well. So there's really no, there's no, I don't, I personally do not see a need for it. 
um, unless we, there'd be any kind of like a metabolic issue or body mass issue. And there's just neither, neither of the two boys are, are anywhere near that. So what about your, um, your family? Like I know your parents have passed away, as you mentioned, but what was their brothers and sisters, anything like that? Were you kind of the oddball? Was everybody, you know, of a bigger size? What was that like? Um, you know, I, my, my father had a lot of the like classic markers for heart disease where he was like, almost like the, the, the skinny fat in some ways, like he had like, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty lanky, but had like a lot of the abdominal fat and the gut. Um, they were both smokers for a really long period of time. And so that was definitely not, not helpful for their health. Right. Um, so not, not really like an obesity issue with either that I would necessarily say. And I mean, they, they did live into like their, their early seventies. And so they weren't very young when they passed, but um, it was it was mostly like this this trauma of having them see them go through you know where my final destination was going to be if I didn't like somehow get a hold of of my trajectory. So what's what's next for John? We know you're coming to KetoCon. You you promise you're gonna you're gonna make me some food and we're gonna have a what do we call it a meet off? <laughs> a meet off. <laughs> well, we need to pause right there. First of all, there are several of us going to KetoCon, Alberto. So I'm hoping that this love extends to everybody that uh, will be venturing there. They will have to have judges. If they're going to have oh. a meetup, there has to be judges. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. We're going to bring, we're planning on bringing our fifth wheel out. And so I have I have enough room in the basement of that fifth wheel to get my, my electric smoker in there. Um, it's, it's, it's actually like kind of a, a little bit of a funny story. I bought, I bought the tickets for KetoCon right when they went on sale. And, uh, so I have the two boys and I have my wife, but she was also pregnant at the time and she still is. And the baby's actually due. In fact, we may have the baby by the time this podcast get, gets published. And so I bought, I, I bought tickets for all of them, like even our unborn child. Right. And, and I, I forget like what I put for the age. I think I put zero or maybe I didn't fill anything in and I didn't fill in a name. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get like an email from from somebody. I, I think it might have been the head of KetoCon just basically asking like kind of like what what this is, like we're going to need a name. And, um, you know, essentially, like I'm not sure she thought it was as funny as I did at the time. I was like, well, I can't tell you that because <laughs> the, the child, the child, the child hasn't been born yet, and we don't know what the name is. And so, uh, well, definitely let you know when when the time comes. And I didn't, I didn't get a response to that email. So, like I said, I'm not sure she thought it was necessarily as, as funny as I did when I was writing it. So, uh, yeah, so we're it, it's exciting to 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 hear that you're going to come to KetoCon. It's going to be an amazing time to get to hang out with you and and everybody. For for that matter. Um, let's talk about resources that you found and have used uh, throughout this journey. What's kind of been your go-to? Um, do you have some some resources that you reference regularly whenever you've got a newbie that you're trying to get started? Uh, things like that. Other than your own video, uh, other than your own blog, of course. Sure. I mean, as far as my own blog goes, I, I guess like I, I very much like I'm not a clinician and, and I very much try to kind of stay in my lane. Um, I, I think um, I try not to be pushy with it, with people, I guess. Um, I don't want to get in, get involved in people's own personal health decisions. I don't want to tell them what to do. Like I have a, a friend who's, who's a heart patient um, who's, you know, been largely put on, you know, like, I guess like a vegan diet and who has struggled with it a little bit. Um, and it's very hard to kind of sit back and maybe like disagree with, with, you know, advice that's being given, but also understand that it's, it, it's almost like, 
getting involved in somebody else's marriage and giving somebody advice like it's just not somewhere that you necessarily want to put yourself like you almost want to wait till they they come to you and say what are you doing like can you point to me to something um i i in choosing like a a, a direction for that um i mean i i guess like uh, i asked them an, an easier path would be to to ask them to to simply just google it and to and to come to me with questions about like what what keto is and and what keto isn't because you know again like I'm not I'm not a clinician I don't necessarily know like what's going to work well for for any individual person I I just basically recount my story to them very much like how I did with you um and say like first off before you do this at all like I had the benefit of having medical oversight and, and and I feel like in the keto community, because a lot of a lot of people have been through the experience of a doctor who is maybe like not very keto friendly um, or, or was maybe overtly hostile. There is, I think, a, a prevailing feeling of a, a little bit of physician hostility, like it's almost expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was very beneficial. And so I, I guess my first and foremost, my advice to people would be um, really, really try to loop your doctor in. Um, tell them what you're doing. They might not be for it. Uh, they might be agnostic, which my personal physician was at the time, um, who like didn't really understand it, but couldn't really argue with the results. Um, and then, and then just take to to Google um, mm-hmm. because I, I'm I've been at this for about five years now, and I've maintained very well. And so the resources that I would have used maybe three years ago, I don't even necessarily know if if they're the right ones now or if there's anything better. Um, so I, I, I prefer to kind of sit back from people a little bit and let them figure things out for themselves and ask me questions, because that's largely what I did once I was discharged from this low-carb diet clinic here where I live. Very cool. How did, your, how did you get into the food blogging world, John? I mean, that's something that's pretty unique. Where did that come from? Uh, and, I, I, and I say unique because it's from a from a guy, and I don't mean that right. in any other way, but you typically no, no, no. are women. So. No, no, no offense, Matt. I mean, it's really terrible to have to like deal with women all the time and like uh, to to be in that world. But um, that was a joke, of course. Um, it's, <laughs> all of us kind of shut up because uh, right. like, uh, comments right, by the guests may not reflect those necessarily. Of the host. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, like being like a male cheerleader or something. You're like, are you kidding? That would be great. <laughs> like, that's horrible, right? And so. Um, I'm somebody that I've just always, I've always really enjoyed food. Um, and definitely like, you know, right out or even like still in college, like you just don't really have a lot of money. And it was just really more economical for, for me to cook my own food and to cook well than to eat out at, at restaurants all the time. And so it was really like always this hobby and, and, you know, especially the grilling and the, and the barbecue, that's something that's been like a very serious hobby for a long period of time. And so um, it, it was a little bit, I guess, of a, of a natural fit because I wanted to do something that was like more professional that would work well with our family situation here. And it was I had already developed recipes just just for things that, that I would I would like wasn't remember this is about five years ago now and so like a very different world as far as these bugs and resources and recipes and a lot of stuff as far as substitute dishes has has been figured out. A lot of that didn't exist four and five years ago when I was going through this and and losing all my weight and trying to figure out now like all this stuff has to go away like the potatoes and the rice and the bread all this the fruit all this has to go away now how do I come up with something that I would actually want to eat every day 
Uh, and so I'll, I'd say the very first set of recipes, it was very easy because this is the stuff that I had done anyhow. Um, certainly like, you know, a lot of like the steak and this kind of thing. And that, that actually kind of leads into a little bit of a funny story about when I went through this diet clinic and the moment that I knew that like this was really going to work out very well. Um, they do like an intake day where they do, they run a bunch of tests and they take blood for a lipid panel and um, they have an interview with um, with one of the nurse practitioners there, and they walk you through, you know, your your eating plan and what you are and aren't allowed to eat. And uh, basically, the the way this was spelled out to you is is they would say you can have X amount of protein per meal, and it was listed by mass. And I looked at this, I'm like, so like what protein? Um, she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, so you know, for instance, I could just have like ribeye for every meal. And I was like, okay, now I've, I've got her, right? Because there's no possible way that that's going to be permissible. She's like, well, yeah, wouldn't matter. Like, well, that's horrible. <laughs> so there's like no possible way this is going to work. And so I knew like at, at that point, like this was something that ultimately was going to be, was going to be pretty doable from like a, a recipe standpoint. And there would at least be like some way of dovetailing that in with my interest in cooking and of, of sort of recipe creation. And so it basically went from there and it's been, it's been a little bit like scattershot. Like we go through periods here where there's just too many other things that uh, require my time around the house that we're into, you know, whether it be with helping my wife or travel or homeschooling with the boys. And so hopefully now, like I'm at a point where we'll get past birth of child number three and my wife will be off for a little bit. I'll have my mother-in-law in town to kind of assist with things and I'll get some like bootstrap into like creation of, of new content and to be able to, to move forward there. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, the fact that you're sharing your story in a number of different ways, and it's not just like what we've talked about here tonight, but how you've adapted things and found ways. It's really remarkable. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the whole homemaker thing, dude, it, oh, that's just awesome. Like I, I'm slightly envious over here. You know, my wife talks about it all the time. You know, she stays home with the girls and, you know, really appreciate the effort it takes. And, and it's it's a very unspoken hero type of thing, that the ones that stay home with the kids to, to make the overall life better. And man, much respect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I, you know, the way I look at it is, is I would, you know, we love those boys more than anything. And I would do dig ditches. I would do absolutely anything I had. If it was the thing that would that would benefit them the most and benefit our family goals the most, and just right now that's just, that just happens to be what it is. I mean, just because I I cook pretty well, um, you know, I've sort of taken charge of like the, the homeschooling with the boys, and that's something that you know maybe not the right decision for everybody, but for us it, it, it very much is the direction that that we want to go, and so that's what the family needs, and so that's just simply what I do, and we'll try to you know, hopefully the food blog will will go somewhere, and we're going to try to. You know, try to make that work, but at the end of the day, it's just it's just the needs of the family and of of the family's goals, and so that's just what I'm going to do. Do you have one of those cool cameras that you fit over your uh, your oven so it like the straight shot down as you're cooking and whatnot? Those things fascinate me for some reason. Oh, you mean like you mean like the the Alton Brown like camera in the oven? Like I don't no, know what no, they call. I just see these I've stands definitely... where you you put the camera like over the burner and then you do all the oh, stuff sure. and it's like the perfect angle and everything. I like. I, I oh, wish I could like have a, created like that. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody's yeah, those, made a lot of money off those. Uh, they're actually not not that expensive. Like I have a tripod that basically does that where it's like it's fairly heavy uh, and, and long 
it can goes up and then will like teeter totter over and it's, it's it's got enough kind of ballast to it and you're not going to pull the whole thing over and so you know and when i i need shots like that like as as i I'm beginning to start to do more video like that's that's a very like easy way to to get into sort of thing so not not that complex at all you could have built it up a lot bigger though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know yeah, crazy, Jim? Like, I'll, I'll try to like Is, suck uh, it up a little bit more next time with, like, the... <laughs> let's pause let's re-record yeah those things are you know so rare and look what i've got <laughs> Uh, you know what's crazy is I forget who I was talking to, but uh, they were telling me that you know how they have the over the range microwaves that are obviously on, over your range on top of your stove. They're making those with cameras built in that are facing down, and the microwave is a touchscreen. Wow, or something that, along those lines. Like it, just it, I forget exactly the details of the story was, but I do recall her saying that there's a camera built in the bottom microwave, so you can record and take pictures of what you're cooking in that exact in that exact position. Well, then what? Well, probably really... go ahead, John. I was say my, my wife is like very tolerant of like all of my cooking gadgets and it, and it's just because the deal here is like she turns a blind eye to like and I, we have like pretty much every gadget like I'll turn a blind eye to like all your purchases so long as like we can eat healthfully at home and we don't have to pay to go out to eat uh, and get you know like all, all the poor health that comes along with that and the considerable expense but I, I have a feeling like if I would ask you know, and over the the cooktop microwave with the built-in camera she would probably like that's, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's uh, that. That would be a hard sell around my house. Um, I, it I, just I, feels it, kind of Jetsons to me, like yeah, it, that, that there's going to be two arms that come out of the microwave bottom, and you're you're watching this from work, and you're like, okay, microwave, stir the pot, and you're watching this and everything. Well, it's all done by the time you get home. Well, you, you have you seen the oven that has the camera in it that you can like say make toast or make meatloaf and all you do is put the meatloaf in and it will cook it and have it ready for you with sensor you know it knows like internal temperature of what it's doing you know all that stuff it's it's insane chris i still have ice cube trays like yes. i have to manually well. i'm i'm old school <laughs> i'm not cool up here in indiana so <laughs> well, i don't have that myself but it's uh yeah, I, I don't have that myself, but it, I have seen it on uh, a few things, and it's, wow. it's kind of impressive and kind of like, eh, do I really want to go to my iPhone to make food? So, I mean, that's not far off from a pellet grill if you think about it. True, if you got a pellet grill with Wi-Fi capability, like you, you can do the exact same thing. Leave a brisket outside cooking with the probes in it, mm -hmm. and it'll tell you when the probes hit temp, and you can turn it down, and you can do everything from wherever you're at. So, I mean. Personally, I'd much rather have it in a smoker. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, it's it's doesn't surprise me. It's out there. Nope, nope, not at all. And it's come a long way since since the first iterations of that. So, okay, well, um, any other parting questions, guys? I, I I think we're we're we've definitely hit our time limit. And so, um, what what anything else to cover? The only thing that I don't think we asked uh, John is what is his favorite keto meal? Mm -hmm. Taking steak out of the equation. So, so no steak, but like barbecue is allowed. Um, we've allowed that before. We'll allow it, yeah. But if you say like you know barbecue steak, well, that's not going to fly. So, <laughs> no, I, 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 I think my favorite, my favorite keto meal, and definitely my favorite piece of barbecue, hands down, has got to be like like barbecue beef ribs. Um, and it's it's the kind of thing where like it's got a, like. Um, not always like too readily available at barbecue joints. Like you, you generally only really eat those on weekends. And we were talking before about, um, you know, how 
you know, this, this idea of like food blogs and social media has changed things a lot. Like that is something that I feel like is, is definitely that is influenced by, by food blogs because it's only, it's not really profitable compared to brisket. And so I think that's one of the reasons why you don't really see it in barbecue joints a lot other than on the weekends. And it's, it purpose is only to look awesome on social media because those like brontosaurus ribs just look amazing and they taste amazing as well. So it's just, I love it because this whole experience to this big honking piece of meat on a huge bone that looks like it came from a dinosaur or something on your plate. I think that is the ultimate keto meal for me. Well, and when you get to Austin, Texas, you can have that at the barbecue place across from the convention center because they serve that every day of the week. So yeah, when I was, I was there last, I was there oh, last right. year and uh, yeah. And, and I had about a day. We, we've been through Austin before. We've, we've been to, to Franklin and a lot of the barbecue joints there. And so I was like, I guess, reasonably familiar, but I wanted to go to some place that I hadn't gone to before. And so I ended up having a lot of time the next day before I caught my flight. And so I went out to, to Taylor, Texas oh. there and I went to Mueller's. Uh, that's who, and that's was, who Franklin learned from. So, oh uh, man, he is, it is good. And so it was amazing because it was a Monday and they had, they had beef ribs maybe left over from the day before as, as far mm-hmm. as I know. And so I, I ordered one and, and the guy you know, not really realizing that I'm keto and I could eat like almost an endless amount of like protein and fat. It's like, you know, this is two pounds, right? I'm like, it's not a problem. He's like, you sure? I'm like, it's really not a problem. And, and <laughs> so I have this two, this two pounds of rib, you know, so it's like maybe maybe like a pound and three quarters when you take away like the enormous bone, mm. the rib bone. And, and I feel like every worker in that restaurant would, would walk by my table like once every three minutes to like see what my progress was <laughs> through this two pound beef rib. And I, I did manage to eat the whole thing. I didn't really eat anything the rest of the day until I <laughs> got my plane and flew back, but I did finish that beef rib. It wasn't a problem. That's funny. I will. Uh, I actually have a gift certificate to Louis Mueller as a Christmas present from my mother-in-law uh, that I have yet to cash in. So I will probably get a big and beef rib from them uh, with that very soon. Um, it sounds it sounds yummy. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's uh, get your contact information where you, people can find you. All that type of stuff, um, uh, John. I, we, you're obviously in the group. Um, but like, where else can people? Um, yeah, I am. I am in the group and you can find me on there, but I, it's, it's actually very easy. I am low carb Papa pretty much everywhere on social media, like some, some probably like posting more consistently than others. Um, definitely more like Instagram and Facebook and, and I, and I may be like the only person with a Y chromosome that is on Pinterest you know, talking about like a lot of, you know, a male in a world of like female food bloggers. I am on Pinterest as well. And it's just low carb Papa everywhere. Very cool. Jim, uh, other than the group, where, where can people connect? Uh, find me on Instagram, Jim Inman, J-R. And Berto? The group. We all know that I'm in the group in case you haven't figured that out. And on Instagram, it's L.KetoCholo. Very good. And I am at DuckmanKeto on Instagram. Um, and... That's me. Uh, you can connect with the uh, podcast itself by following Keto Man's Club podcast on Instagram. And you can uh, get all of our social links, personal and uh, podcast, by going to our website, theketomansclub.com. Uh, you've got lots of links there from affiliates to uh, to all of our socials, to the Facebook groups, 
to the um, from the Facebook groups to to the Facebook page uh, for the podcast. Um, we haven't really talked about it this episode. The beginners group continues to grow, and uh, we're still seeing lots of great interaction uh, amongst the men that are joining that group, and and uh, lots of great questions being asked. So uh, definitely. Uh, you know, if you are just starting keto or don't yet know what keto is, but you're interested to learn more, that's the place to go. If not, if you're a veteran or at least uh, past the beginner phase, uh, feel free to go ahead and apply to join the main group at uh, the Keto Man's Club on uh, Facebook. We'd love to have you as a part of our community if you're not there already. And a lot of great men. Uh, 3,300 at this point. We are just under 3,300. So by the time this airs, we will be at 3,300. Yes. That's just amazing. That's just absolutely yep. amazing. And one, and one thing that I will throw in real quick is the fact that um, we've done a lot of work as a membership of sharing about the group, but it's kind of cool that Facebook is now suggesting us to mm-hmm. people who um, are looking at keto online. So it's kind of a, become an organic thing with the Facebook world. Like if a guy searches for keto on Facebook, it's popping up without us doing anything. So thanks, Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And and I look at some of those guys in the groups that they're in. And I'm like, they're not in other keto groups. So they must have just been doing a basic search or uh, it may have popped up on the side like they had talked about or they had enough people on their feed talking about keto and it popped up and tr- triggered mm-hmm. their their uh, interest really really cool stuff uh seeing that 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 type of growth uh coming along so well, should we should we place a bet now as to where we will be when we get to KetoCon in a couple months because john's gonna be there yeah I'm just, or maybe that's well, now, that, now that we've had john on the podcast our numbers are gonna explode i know <laughs> seriously yeah well, you're, you're going to have like a lot of women probably listening as well. <laughs> I'm still like, I, I would say like, despite the fact that that's, that's something where I, I, I felt there was a need for it. And I really wanted to focus on things that would be interesting to a guy. Cause I was a guy that's just, that's just kind of naturally, I guess, who, who my followers became, because that's just really where the interest was at the time. So they're all still there. And so hopefully we'll, some of them will, will start to come your way as well, because though like there are women and it's the keto man's club, they still have husbands and sons and grandfathers and uncles. And, and I think, you know, ultimately, if, if they want to, to sort of turn them on to keto and get them started, they're going to realize that, you know, you, you the, the need is maybe a little bit different. True. Very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, um, there's one other way that you can, or two other ways that you can connect podcasts that I hadn't gotten to yet. You can email us at keto man's club podcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161. Call it, leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear any uh, comments, suggestions, questions, ideas, uh, whatever feedback that you have for us. The last ask from us, if you would, is uh, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review, if you would. Um, that goes a long way to help the algorithm the same way that Facebook is helping uh, find our Facebook groups on on Facebook. We we want uh, people to be able to find us in their podcast app easily and uh, feed that. We have to do ratings and and uh, we, we get comments and things like that. So uh, definitely uh, get in there and do that if you would, please. That That would go a long way. John, once again, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome story. And uh, 
uh, definitely an encouragement to everyone for us to be able to uh, to, to that they can do it too. Uh, that that the uh, that it is possible, and that's that goes a long way. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-O-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. <laughs>